0: I'm Megan Gephardt, and welcome back to the Arms of the Heart podcast. I cannot wait for this conversation today, and this has been something that's been on my heart for the last couple weeks, Uh, and I've really been praying on it and sitting with it and just asking for God to speak to me here so that I can share with you. We're going to talk about making space for Christ this Christmas, how to prepare Him room, and how to keep Jesus at the center of Christmas in our own hearts, and our family life, even when the world and current culture is moving in the other direction. So we're gonna cover 10 tips today for how to really prepare him room. And I just wanna start by saying, I'm doing this very imperfectly. This is a very big struggle, and I think it is for all of us, and so that's why I feel like it's so important to talk about. I feel like this sense of overwhelming inadequacy and even talking about this, and so I'm never gonna do this fully justice, but at the same time, I'm gonna try. And I really hope that God just speaks to your heart here in what's been helping guide me in this and what's been keeping me grounded in the real reason for this season. Because the current culture really does everything that it can to kind of distance itself from Christ being the centrality of Christmas. And we always talk about like Jesus is the reason for the season, but then how much do we get so bogged down with everything else and we lose focus on what really matters. And so we don't have to let this be the case for us. We're called to do it differently. And so maybe peace feels impossible for you this Christmas. Maybe you're like, okay, I'm just going to push through and get through this chaos. And I think that question of how do we really cultivate and find that inner peace that Jesus promises us, you know, this is supposed to be this beautiful, life-giving, joyful time, but many of us just get to the end of Christmas and we feel absolutely exhausted and depleted and empty and so stressed. You know, whether it's we've got too many obligations on our, our calendar and our to-do list, maybe we're financially really stressed Uh, Maybe it's the pressures of families and strained relationships or time with extended family and the different drama that can bring up. You know, the season can feel very threatening when it's not centered on the Lord. But when we recenter our focus on Jesus, there's always an opportunity for deeper renewal, for joy, for intimacy. And he so tenderly is waiting for us in the manger. He's patiently waiting for us. But sometimes it takes that change of lens and that shift in perspective to really, again, reorient our gaze towards him. So how can we empty ourselves so that we can receive him when our, the pace of our lives is getting more and more frantic as we get closer to Christmas here? And as mothers, we really set the tone in our home. We set the tone for our family, for holiday events, for so much. And it's not to be pressured by it, but we can really be honored in that. God chose us as mothers to be the heart of the home and the heart of our family. And so it's that much more important of how are we preparing in our hearts, preparing room for Christ to come? How are we making space for him in our busy schedules, in our full plates, How are we keeping him at the center for both our own hearts and for our family? And this became really real for me when I really began to reflect on the nativity story. And I was thinking about the innkeeper who said, okay, there's no more room. And then Christ had to go, obviously, be born in a manger. And how many of us, we are the innkeepers, right? We are, when Christ is knocking on the door of our own heart, do we turn him away because there's no room? Are we letting him in? Are we creating room for the king of the world? for new life to be birthed within us. And I just want to encourage you, even in the midst of you know any of these stresses or uncertainties maybe of this busy season for you, he is inviting you to live with intention to really shift your focus back to the eternal, to make your heart and your home ready to receive Christ himself, who is the greatest gift of all. So that's the first thing I just really encourage you to reflect on. How does this sort of reference not there not being any room in the inn, how does that apply to our own relationship with Christ? If we are so full, our plates are so full, our schedules are so full, our hearts are so full with all of these other things, then we're not going to have enough space for the Lord and everything that He wants to birth within us, the new life that He wants to come to fruition. So there's still this severe overcrowding, just like there was in Bethlehem, and how much for us, are our hearts overcrowded with all the shopping, with all of the noise, all the things on our to-do list. So no matter how busy we may be, no matter how much hustle and bustle may exist around us, no matter how many distractions there are that are swirling about our minds, we need to set aside time and space to welcome Jesus Christ, our Savior, into our hearts, into our lives. And this doesn't happen by accident. Especially when the world is pulling us in all the different directions, away from, away from the Lord. But it takes small intentional choices, one day at a time. As we're pouring into others, we need to be nourished as well in our own body as well as our soul. By keeping Christ at the center of your daily life and allowing Him to nourish us as a whole person, He's going to teach us to manage whatever stress it is, to lay down our burdens, to be more rooted in Him and our identity in Him. So that our Christmas can be centered around him too. So let him enter your life and your heart. Let the Lord enter. He is the King of glory. As it says in Psalm 24. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding roads shall be made straight and the rough ways be made smooth. And all flesh shall see see the salvation of God. Luke 3, 4-6 So the First thread that I want to share with you that runs through each of these 10 recommendations is prayer. And I really want you to look at this as a non negotiable part of your Christmas season. I want you to claim this and be protective of it, to set boundaries around it. And this is oftentimes the thing that falls to the wayside that ends up taking the back burner when we become busier. But prayer is written into our hearts, our identity, our nature, and we can invite the Lord into everything that we do, into all of our conversations, our decisions, our interactions, and it's going to make our days that much more fulfilling because we're all yearning for this deep intimacy with Him. I think something that's really important to keep in mind is that if we are allowing the Lord to fill us first, we don't have to feel disappointed because our families and our friends aren't filling us in all of our deepest desires and all of our deepest needs because they're imperfect and they were never meant to they're never going to so we don't have to let them kind of be our idols in that sense they're not going to fulfill us in the way that only Jesus can and so when he fills us first we are able to then serve and give others the overflow of what he has filled our hearts with you know it allows them to be themselves and to be loved as themselves without having to falsely play this idol or be who that who they can't live up to being which is perfect right and so that's what we have to do. If we want Christ to be at the center of our life, we have to ground ourselves in prayer. But I want to encourage you in this. I think this can be a little, it can be a little overwhelming or even feel like, okay, Megan, I, I have no, no space in my schedule. I have no time. So how am I going to set aside time for prayer? I already have way too many things going on. So I want you to expand your concept of what prayer can look like first. Prayer is just really our heart constantly being turned back to God a heart set on God. He's constantly drawing us back to himself. It doesn't have to be this sort of compartmentalization that we oftentimes envision. And I know for me, especially before I had kids, I would always want to like sit down with my nice cup of tea or my hot cup of coffee and do some, you know, Bible reading and journaling. And like, it was this quiet, beautiful space. And, you know, we might desire that, but it might not look like that as mothers. That's the reality, right? Especially when we've got these little ones who just need us so much. And so, He's always knocking on the door of our hearts, but it doesn't have to be this perfect time like we might envision. So give him whatever you've got. Make Maybe it's first thing you wake up, making an offering for your day, setting your intention on Christ when you first wake up. Maybe it's reflecting on your day at the end of you know the evening as you're going to sleep, thanking God for your day when you go to sleep getting into scripture and the word and turning to that instead of to social media first thing when you wake up in the morning to check on you know what what everybody else posts over the last 24 hours it's attending your church service or your mass or the sacraments if you're catholic like me it's praise and worship music instead of you know some of the materialistic maybe focused christmas carols that we oftentimes hear but instead focusing our hearts towards christ and those songs that remind us of of again the real meaning for the season it's allowing space for carving out space for quiet time with God for slowing down and listening to his voice and to protect that time and to know that that time is not wasted that time is not laziness it's not selfish and rest and quiet time with the Lord it doesn't have to be earned once everything else is done on our plates like this is the first most important thing and it will shape everything else that we do you know, it's maybe saying certain different prayers like our father or litanies. The litany of trust is a really beautiful one that I go back to all the time, or the litany of humility. Um, praying the rosary again with your family, if that's something that you do. Spiritual reading can be a really beautiful thing. Conversations with our children, books with our children that remind us of Jesus' story. I can read we can focus on reading Luke's gospel and especially chapter one and chapter two. Those are beautiful ones to read with our family on Christmas or leading up to Christmas, even just conversations with our children about, again, what each of these things represent. Maybe it's reminding them of all the lights that we see around us as we're looking at Christmas lights. That's because Jesus is the light of the world and this is our representation of that. Maybe it's religious art that you have on display in your home and just taking your kids around and showing them what that all means. Maybe it's watching The Chosen as like a date with your spouse. Maybe it's praying before meals as a family. And I want to encourage you, even our life itself can be a form of prayer. I always think about this as a mother, like the way that we are serving our family and our children, it can be a prayer if we offer it to the Lord. So those diapers that you're changing, the, you know, waking up a million times to nurse your baby at night, even when you're exhausted, all of those little things that you do day in, day out to sacrifice for your family, that can be a form of prayer when it's oriented towards God and it's the heart in which we're doing it that can make it prayer and so our life can be prayer in that way and so I think we can find all these excuses as moms as busy women to not put prayer first and to say I don't have time for that but I really want to encourage you it doesn't have to look only one certain way it doesn't have to be perfect in your eyes so just lower those barriers to literally making room for Christ in your heart and in your day And he will help you find that time because when we go to him, we become filled and it becomes easier and easier to come back over and over again to him. So as we dive into the the tangible practical tips here, the very first one that I want you to think about is screening your influences and being intentional about your consumption. So pay attention to what you're taking in. Take in less. So think about those things that you are consuming, whether it's your either consumption of material things like focusing a lot on gifts, gift giving, gift receiving, maybe it's turning to and filling yourself up with a lot of um, social media or binge watching Netflix or different things that are really turning our attention away from Christ and instead focusing on the things of this world. And I think the world is going to constantly bombard us with this sort of cheap counterfeit version of Christmas. But God is who we really long for. Jesus is who we really long for. And so focus on things of heaven and not of this world. And oftentimes that commercialism is something that actually moves us away from the peace that really desire, right? And it's this false message that we can buy a Merry Christmas. And how many of us let this lie seep in? It's like it produces this anxiety and shopping anxiety, this drive to buy more and more, to do more and more. And it's like, okay, I'm going to have the perfect Christmas because I'm going to buy all of these things. And this is the perfect thing. This is the perfect way I can decorate my house. This is the perfect spread that I can do for the guests that I'm having over. Or what this perfect Christmas outfit that I can wear that I can wear, put on my family. This perfect Christmas card that I can send out to my family and to my friends. And so, what are all of these narratives that we have of like, this is what makes a perfect, beautiful Christmas? And how is that actually really pulling our attention away from the Lord instead? We oftentimes come into this. Christmas season with this idea of we're going to create Christmas for our families. We're going to create this magical, beautiful Christmas for our families. But my friend, we do not create Christmas. Christ does, not us. And we do not create it with material things either. And so, whatever pressure you're holding as a mother or just through your family life, I just want you to let go of that. Prepare your heart instead to receive the perfect gift. Of Jesus and to give him share him with the people around you and I think something that is important to think about is the verse that talks about out of the abundance of our heart the mouth speaks and so our hearts those things that we're allowing ourselves to focus on the thoughts that are swirling everything that's ruminating in our minds and our souls it's going to spill out right when we're when we're bumped when we run into any kind of friction whatever's stored in our heart whatever's being filled in our hearts and minds That is what's going to then pour out to the people around us. So, what are we listening to? What are we watching? What are we absorbing into our hearts? Because we're like sponges. And so, in that reactive response, when we get bonked, you know, maybe it's like we lose our patience for a minute with our kids, or like something frustrating happens, or we get a little bit too stressed about, you know, a day that's particularly busy. If we're filled with all this dirty, yucky water, that's what's going to be spilled out. And so, be intentional about the things you're allowing in. Just because we might be full, it does not mean that we are full of the right things. So if we're full of worries and fears and stresses and commitments and responsibilities and all of our to-do list, then yeah, when we get bumped, we're going to naturally spill over what's inside of us, any of that dirty water that's contained within our souls. Words have power. Words become flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? That is a truth. But there's also a spiritual truth to this of the words that we are allowing to influence our own hearts. They become flesh. They become reality in our lives. They become internalized as beliefs. And they drive our behavior. They drive our focus, our attention, what's going on in our hearts. And they influence our children even greater than we could ever imagine. So slow your consumption. Be more intentional about it. The other aspect of consumption to be intentional about in this season is to continue to grow in maturity and a healed relationship with food and with our bodies. So we have the freedom to feast and enjoy the Christmas season and to enjoy indulging without guilt or shame or anxiety or fear around food during Christmas while also nourishing our body and taking care of it so that we are spiritually prepared to give and receive as God is calling us to. And so it's it's really stewarding our body well. It's not neglecting nutrition. It's focusing on nutrition but also not over-restriction or over-indulging. That balance and so I really want you to cue in here to find that balance. You can go back and listen to some of my podcast episodes that I published around the Thanksgiving holiday because those will be really helpful for you in your relationship with food and with exercise with your body um, and, and being approaching that from a place of confidence and peace instead of guilt or shame or fear. But I really want you to think about cueing in on the intersection between your body and soul. So are you eating or are you indulging because you are hungry or are you eating because you're lonely, you're tired, you're stressed, you're bored, you're angry. So maybe it's not real hunger, a bodily hunger, but it's a hunger for something else outside of food. And this is where the disordered relationship begins because we're using food to nourish a different kind of a hunger in our soul or in our body. We're wrongly using it to support things that we're hungry for. That's where it becomes disordered. So if we're tired, our body is hungry for rest or it's, it's re- it needs more energy from certain types of whole foods probably, nutritious foods that are going to fuel us. Or maybe we're feeling really drained because we've been through an emotional day. And instead we're turning to food instead of to the Lord to fill us in that way that we might need to be filled. And so look at the why behind your behavior and your choices with eating as well. And that pursuing it in an ordered way is what's going to be conducive to our health physically and also spiritually. So ask yourself, what are those things that I'm distracting myself with or turning to when I feel uncomfortable or stressed? Am I turning to food? Am I turning to social media? What are those things I'm filling myself with and I'm consuming instead of allowing the Lord to fill those voids in my heart and my body? And when we are able to take care of ourselves physically, we have much more capacity to be alert, to have the space to receive, to connect with others, to be aware just of what's happening around us And to experience the fullness of all of those gifts with our five senses, you know, that God has given us as a gift. So key in on those symptoms that you might be experiencing physically and spiritually. How's your mental clarity? How's your digestive system going? Are you feeling fatigued? Or how's your level of energy, right? Are you breaking out? Do you have skin rashes or anything like that going on? Those can key you in on, okay, am I taking care of my body enough right now? And again, no shame or guilt around what we eat or around enjoying food do not feel pressure to overcompensate for what you eat by focusing on okay now i gotta burn off all these extra calories that i ate because it was christmas i had more sweets than usual but no look at it as okay how is my body giving me feedback maybe for how it might need to be nourished to optimally function because food is a gift and allow yourself to come into a redeemed relationship with food where you can really reclaim it as a gift your body is a gift so have God help you to focus on that in this season too and reclaim this because there's so much overlap between our bodily health and our spiritual health. And on that note too, more spiritually, we should feel calm and peaceful. If I don't feel calm and peaceful, if my identity is not grounded in him and if I'm not centered on the Lord, if I'm feeling anxious, worried, stressed, overwhelmed, any of those kinds of things, agitated, okay, what's competing with that? Let's get curious about that. And oftentimes, it's going to be these things that I might be over-consuming. Those messages from the world, influences from other people, other people's opinions, or those things that are not going to really serve me or my body, spiritually and physically. So this is a good segue into number two, saying no and healthy boundaries. So maybe we need healthy boundaries with buying gifts. Maybe it's a to-do list. Maybe it's not overbooking our schedule. Maybe it's deciding, okay, I'm not... I'm not going to worry about Christmas cards or like overburden myself with trying to send them out on time because I want to create space to be able to receive the Lord as we get into Christmas and then I'll send them afterwards. Maybe it's tensions around extended family and pressure to please everyone. Maybe it's falling into a lot of comparison with others on social media. Maybe it's stress and anxiety around food and eating, exercising this season, your children's behavior. How can you set healthy boundaries in these areas and surrender more of this to the Lord? And one big way that we can do this is getting really ruthless about what you are saying no to. This has been one of the most pivotal things that I've learned over the last, I would say, um, probably half a year or so. To actually decide what am I saying no to, to honestly evaluate your to-do list and say no to all of the shoulds, the pressures, and to do more. All these things that are actually pulling you from the real reason for the season. So what is actually optional that's holding this sort of unnecessary weight in your mind and taking up a lot of space in your heart or maybe your calendar? because I want my kids to have this perfect Christmas, whatever is for you, what are those things that are really bogging you down still? I want you to instead think about, okay, what are the things that are the highest level of impact for my children to understand God's love for them, Jesus' love for them? What are the things that are going to have an eternal impact on their soul? You don't have to be at the mercy of your calendar. Your heart doesn't have to be at the mercy of your to-do list. Is your heart set on him? So are of all these things you feel like you have to finish, things that should be joys, are they turning into a burden or extra stressors that are actually distracting you from the call to truly be captivated by the Lord in the manger in this Christmas? So shift your gaze to Christ. And so many of these things that we end up just trying to control or change or feel like we have to do, it can just fade and fall away. You can really have that perspective of what can I afford to say no to? Because it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Another thing we can do is if we're feeling really bogged down, we can just remind ourselves. Rest in Christ in that moment, in his presence with you. And allow yourself to be reminded everything is going to be okay. He's got you. So take that step back and focus on the heavenly things, the eternal things. All these things that we we want to do over Christmas, maybe they're important, but they're not the most important thing. God loves you so much, and it's all going to be okay. Let that sink in first, then go back to your to-do list. Ask the Lord. Instead of asking God, God bless all of these things that I want to do. Come into all these things that I want to do. We come into prayer with an agenda, and we ask God to bless our own agenda. But can we turn to Him instead and say, God, give me my agenda. Tell me what I should do. Tell me what I should focus on because I've got way too many things in my mind and my heart that I feel like I should be doing. But just guide me what to prioritize and what I can say no to, what I can say this is not the time for. This is not necessary. So we can make those decisions from a place of calm and peace and intentionality, resting in Him first. Tip number three is making room in your soul by focusing on repentance for the forgiveness of your sins and this is just such a beautiful, beautiful season as we prepare for Christmas and then Easter again, like these are the two biggest ones of the year where we really want to allow the Lord room in our hearts and one of the best ways that we can do that is to really examine our conscience and to confess our sins, to repent of our sins so let's evaluate our actions, our thoughts, our decisions in light of God's word. Notice those ways in which we've been living our life contrary to who Jesus calls us to be so that we can ask for his mercy and his grace there so we can renounce sin, so we can renounce temptation so we can turn our hearts back to him we can receive the forgiveness he wants to give us we can recognize, I am not worthy to receive you, Jesus but cleanse my heart, cleanse my soul forgive me of my sins and let me be healed so acknowledging the current state of our soul if you're Catholic, going to confession is a beautiful time to do that. It's such a key to peace because we have so much. When we're holding on to sin, when we're when we're not forgiven yet of our sins because we haven't fully repented, God knows our heart. He knows when we fully repented. When we take that time and we truly are sorry for our sins, we let go of all the unrest in our heart and our life that's a byproduct of our sin as well can become resolved. Oftentimes, maybe it's simple habits we haven't paused to reflect on how they might be negatively influencing us. Maybe it's things that have been stressing us and hurting us and other people as a byproduct of that. So don't allow your past sins either to rob you of the peace, the mercy, the forgiveness, and the joy that God wants to give you in this season. Don't let that get between you and God. It's a whole nother barrier. And so... One of the big ways we can allow room is literally just to allow God to cleanse our heart and soul and create that space to empty us, empty ourselves out before the Lord by humbling ourselves in that way, and He is going to relieve us of the burden of our sin because that's what He came for. That's what Jesus came for. And so it strengthens us against temptations in our Christmas season and every day moving forward. So two suggestions for how to practically implement this. One thing that we can do is take a step back and do a full examination of conscience. And there are a number of tools that we can use here. If you Google examination of conscience, you'll be able to see like a whole bunch of really, really great resources um, that you can find. And there's one that I really love um, from Aletia. I don't know how you say it exactly, but it's A-L-E-T-E-I-A. And it's six different ways to examine your conscience. And I love this um, for repentance of your sins. It basically goes through like, here's all the different ways that we can kind of, again, reflect... How do my actions square against who God calls me to be and what Jesus has taught us about how we are called to live as Christians? And so we can look to the gospel, to the commandments of love, of loving God with all our heart, with our soul, and our mind, loving our neighbor as ourselves, uh, the golden rule, the beatitudes, looking at the capital sins, the seven sins, and, and saying, okay, how might I be falling into pride or anger or gluttony or sloth, or envy, any of these things. Um, Looking at our love and examining it against the verse that talks about what love is. It's patient, kind, not jealous. It's not pompous, inflated, rude, all that, right? We can look at Christ and those things that he called us to repent of and to turn away from and asking, are we indulging in any of these things? Immorality, impurity, um, idolatry, greed, each of those. Looking at our relationships with God, with other people, really examining those things, our relationship even with ourselves. Looking at the sins, both that we've committed, but also the sins of omission. I think this has been a really big um, growth of mine Of as I examine my sins, looking at what have I also failed to do? Not just what have I done, but what have I failed to do? And looking at the Ten Commandments, of course, you'll be able to find a bunch that really break that down in a powerful way so we can go deep with the Lord there. And it's just, it's beautiful when we can really deeply have a heartfelt examination of our sins. That is those are the moments in which our heart is being turned back to the Lord. And that is just so much mercy that we can receive when we do that. And so I really encourage you, don't don't neglect that. If there's anything that you do, do not neglect that because that is the most important to really get our soul right with the Lord. And another way that we can do this is a simple evening routine. Instead of like one bigger examination of conscience, it's really looking at how, how do we live each day? You know, before we maybe go to sleep or lay our head down and it can feel oftentimes, right? Like we have this like long, this tape running in our head of all the things that we didn't finish, maybe that we failed or we fell short in or these times that we weren't maybe the mom or wife that we wanted to be. We're all doing our best obviously, but we can often feel like a mess and that's the reality. And there's these things that can keep us up at night oftentimes that cause us stress or anxiety or we feel very inadequate in. And oftentimes we can feel like that's mom guilt constantly, right? But how can we turn to the Lord in those moments? Instead of just ruminating, how can we really allow God to lift some of that burden off our shoulders to come into those places in our heart where we we are inadequate because we need Him? You know, He wants to give us more grace to live out our calling more faithfully, um, and we can just turn our hearts back to Him so we can resolve to do better the next day. So instead of mindlessly scrolling social media before we go to sleep, as many of us do, let's give the Lord our final moments of the day so He can make something more beautiful out of them so He can redeem them starting by giving thanks to God for everything he's done throughout the day, all the ways he's provided for us so faithfully, all the things we're grateful for. And then reflect on the moments of your day. Walk through your day. You know, how did you see God working through your day? What emotions did you feel? This is where you can really share with the Lord what's on your heart, anything that's really pressing to you, any any questions, any hurts, any needs, desires, fears, whatever it is that is weighing on you, good and bad. Bring it to the Lord. Then ask for forgiveness. Lay down those moments of the day that you were not your best that you fell short, and then ask for God's mercy and love. Then we can look to the next day. We can ask for God's help tomorrow, promise to, to really seek His grace and to lean on the help He wants to give us through the next day. And then we can pause so we can listen and receive from Him. God, God wants to talk to us. He really does. And we sometimes have to distill our hearts enough to hear His voice. So what does God want to say to you? What does He want you to know? What does Jesus want to give you in this moment? And what is the truth about your identity in Christ versus, you know, maybe what you might be placing your worth in, those expectations you might be placing on yourself? What is God calling you to focus on and do versus what, you know, you may have adopted as ideas of what you have to do from the world that God doesn't want you to carry? And you can close in prayer. Like if you have a favorite prayer, this is a great time for it. If not, just even just a Jesus I trust in you can be a really beautiful one. All right, number four, receive his word. So we we talked about how the word became flesh, really. Jesus became man and dwelt among us, right? But let the word also become flesh in your heart and life and mind by reading, digging into scripture, reading the Bible. Um, And so do it personally, do it together with your family and quietly ponder it in your heart and God is so much greater than all these things that we're worried about on a daily basis. So, Scripture really helps us to just see things from His eyes more. If if anything, definitely read Luke chapters one and two, the first couple chapters. But one thing that Matthew and I were doing this morning, which is a beautiful, was we started to read. We were talking about how the lights resemble Jesus and how He's the light of the world. And then I just looked up like Scripture that talks about Jesus being the light of the world, basically. And there's so much, there's so much, and it was beautiful. And I just was like reading and reading and reading them to Matthew this morning. We're like cuddling up against um, on the couch together, and I like paused at one point because I was like, okay, I gotta get ready for work, and then we'll um, come back. And he was like, no, 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 keep going, mommy. Like, can you do it again? And I was like, oh, this is beautiful. So it was really special. And there's just some that just like spoke so deeply to my heart. And it's it's just grounding ourselves in that, and it doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, it's like. You know, at certain moments, he was probably losing his attention and, like, got William hanging on me and, like, uh, screeching and, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't have to to look perfect, picture perfect, but even just exposing our children to God's word can be a really beautiful thing. Number five is music. So listen to sacred music and different Christmas songs that are going to remind you of Jesus being the reason for the season. I know there's so many different like catchy popular Christmas songs out there that can help us get into the spirit, but I've almost developed over time this sort of distaste for some of them because it almost makes me cringe. It's like this, again, it's like a cheap version of Christmas. And so sing as a family those beautiful Christmas carols that really are about Jesus. Allow yourself to enter into prayer. Let your soul sing and magnify the Lord by listening to music and it's just a beautiful way to be grounded in him and just again let your soul like just be transformed by the beautiful lyrics number six is to slow down and allow yourself to be with and be loved by God this is so hard (laughs) this is so so hard for those of us who are doers we're very much I think most of us probably are listening to this podcast are doers You love to serve. You work really hard. You expect a lot of yourself. You're always moving and going, going, going and always busy. And so it's absolutely, absolutely hard and feels so impossible oftentimes to be still and to allow ourselves to sit, to just be. You're probably a rock star at getting all things done, but at the same time, it's probably easy to feel resentful and to feel like you're carrying this invisible load that you feel unappreciated in and that... You have to do so much for your family all the time and for the people around you and you're always serving, but we oftentimes don't take that time to slow down and to just be and so huge, huge credit to you for all the amazing things that you do and all the labors of love that I'm sure you are living out um, to the fullest capacity, probably to depletion over the holiday season, but I want you to give yourself permission and space to slow your doing and to also just be, to sit at the feet of Jesus and oftentimes we have our head down, we're like pushing through, pushing through, pushing through, but lift your eyes, to see his glory, lift your head to see him, look in his face, and sometimes God just reminds me, like, look up my child, look up my child, so maybe he's saying that to you too. Do you allow, are you going to allow yourself to be captivated by Jesus Christ in the manger, the king of the world? You know, the shepherds who were taking care of their, their flock, they left in haste to visit Jesus once they heard from the angels. We know that Jesus is coming. Are we going to also come to see him? The three kings visited. Even wise men still seek him. Are we going to go see, seek him too? Are we in wonder of the God who comes down to meet us? Are we bowing in reverence, adoring him? And Matt, can you just imagine like back when Jesus was first born? In the stable, because there was no room in the inn, how many people passed by at night without knowing what was taking place how many didn't know that Jesus Christ, God himself in, in flesh our hope, our life the God of peace just dwelt among them in that moment they didn't know not everybody knew right that's why the angel came to tell certain people but we don't have an excuse for walking by the stable and not turning our hearts to the lord not coming to visit him but he wants us to come he wants us to come he wants to meet us there and how many of us are in this hustle bustle rush or in this like rush hour and we're too busy so we just pass by he wants to captivate us he wants to love us and even the simple simple things and beautiful things but he decided to come in the messiness of life he came in the messiest humblest way he could he could have come so that he could meet us in our mess, in our brokenness, in our not-enoughness, you know. And so allow yourself, your heart to be stilled as well. And something that really has helped me and been been a profound encouragement to me in this is the story of Mary and Martha in the Bible. And this is Luke 10, 38 through 42. This is a really important lesson. And really this gives the reinforcement that no time with the Lord is wasted and that it is the best thing that we can do to sit at Jesus's feet and let him fill us. Basically, Jesus was coming to their house and Martha was really busy preparing the house and preparing food and serving and all the things, but Mary was sitting at Jesus's feet. And so it's It's that question of, okay, what's more important? Is it more important for our house to be perfectly clean and all these things to be prepared? Or is it that we sit with Jesus and we allow him to fill us so that our hearts can be ready to serve the people around us? Now as they went on their way, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went to him and said, "'Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone?' Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about so many things. One thing is needed. Mary has chosen the good portion, which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus wants us to abide in his presence. To obviously, yes, we, he wants us to make our homes hospitable for love, right? But also our hearts themselves, because we need to be spiritually filled and nourished by the word of God. We need to be filled by him. And so he constantly redirects us back to what's the better part? The better part, the good portion that he wants for us, first and foremost, is to allow ourselves to rest with him, to sit at his feet, to be ministered to by him. And how many of us are that Martha personality where we're so focused on doing the work of serving and getting everything done and we've, we are running around anxious and troubled about so many things because we're always stressed about all these things that need to get done. And then we sometimes even feel bitter and resentful about, okay, why is nobody helping me? Why am I the only one that is doing all these things? Because we're doing all the serving, the cooking, the cleaning, the, everything that goes into hosting, all the invisible labor for our families, right? But it's both the time with the Lord that's necessary, but also the heart in which we are serving that's important. Oftentimes we sacrifice our time with the Lord for all these things that feel so urgent to us. But we can recognize that what we should prioritize most is sitting at his feet and letting him come to us in our brokenness so that his grace can first fill us so then we can allow that love to flow from our hearts in our service. And if we're anxious, stressed, if we're agitated all the time, we're not going to naturally reflect the love of Christ to the people around us. So, all that to say, slow down. Allow yourself to really be with the Lord. Come, let us adore him. Lean into his love, breathe him in, see the face of God. Let his grace and mercy and love wash over you. Rest in your identity first in him because you are his beloved daughter. And when you are grounded in your identity in him, then the service will come from that place. A couple prayers. Lord, may I behold you and let you behold me. Jesus Christ in the manger, be with me now. I think we can learn how to protect Time to slow down, time and space, to for stillness, for quietness, for rest. But at the same time, it sometimes feels like we have to fight for that, especially as moms. It's like this battle for like a moment of quiet time, a moment to ourselves, you know. But I think there is another level of that we oftentimes neglect, which is becoming more open to receiving the true rest that God wants to give us in the busyness, amidst, you know, the the pressure to be perfect, to produce, to perform to be productive, to do more and more. Our mind, our body, our soul wants rest. It might want to retreat, especially in Christmas, but maybe we don't know how. Many of us have really never learned how to slow down before. We've never It's never been safe for us to slow down. And so I encourage you, explore those doubts, those fears, those anxieties, the, the attachments of your identity to your productivity and your worth. Where are you feeling discomfort in slowing down? And I know for me, even just last week, God reminded me, Megan, turn to me instead of your work that you tend to just throw yourself into, right? When you're feeling discomfort and just pray that God helps you make it safe to slow down and to receive. And God also told me, Megan, let yourself abide in me, abide in my love rather than striving, looking for fulfillment externally and doing. The fruit is in slowing down. It's in weeding the garden. And God is like, I see your beautiful heart, your desire to serve, your desire to make an impact. But you are my beloved daughter. You are so deeply loved. Not just in the serving, but outside of that. And I was, you know, I was feeling like that time scarcity that so many of us do oftentimes. Of Okay, there's not enough time for everything I need to get done. There's not enough time. But God told me, you don't have to be anxious about time. Your time is, it was never your own. It was never yours to keep. It's to give back to me. I want you to steward it well, but don't worry about maintaining this tight grip on it. Let go and let me guide you in how to use it well. I will give you what you need, and I will give you far more than that. I will multiply all that you give to me, and even those tiny little bits of time, even if it feels far too small, if it feels inadequate, give it to me and see how I will work through it all. And don't be afraid to give me more time to slow down and let yourself be loved too. I'm waiting for you here in all of these places. So come, be with me, stop striving, and just be. That's what That's what God told me. So I'm with you in this struggle, my friend. I'm with you. It's so, so hard to slow down because our world idolizes productivity. Our world pushes us into doing more and doing more and hustling and oftentimes hustling for our worth. But we will grow so much more in our intimacy with Christ when we allow ourselves to lean into his love, to go adore him, to rest our identity in him, and to know he came for us. He came for you personally. He came for me. He came for your whole family, for every single person, every single human being. He came to save us. So that gets into number seven. Purify your heart in your service and doing. And I think a few keys here is to loosen our grip. Let go of perfectionism, of those idols, of, you know, whether it's productivity, of performance, Don't allow your heart to become anxious and restless and frantic in the serving. God is not frantic. He's not a God of chaos. He's not a God of stress. He's with you in the ordinary things. In the monotony of everything that you do in motherhood. So when your heart feels restless, when your heart feels that angst, when your eyes are focused on discontent rather than love, when you get into that inner spiral of you know, you're, you're hustling around trying to get all this stuff done and you end up like glaring at your husband because he's sitting over there just resting and you're like, wow, why don't I ever have time to rest? Like, I don't ever get to do that or whatever it is, like what, that red flag of something's not right in your heart. When you feel like, ah, oh, why does nobody notice all these things that I do? Don't you see that I'm doing all of these things? It's this disorder in our hearts of this beautiful gift of service that's meant to be given freely and sacrificially, but it becomes now something that is distorted you know so many of these things that we do as mothers especially can become mundane it can it can feel disheartening like the diapers are never ending the laundry's never ending the dishes are never ending the night wakings are never ending right and there's so many things that we as humans don't have the capacity for but god wants to give us a supernatural grace for and so we can keep going to christ to be redeemed and he will never give up on us. When, when we get frustrated, when we start to get that, those seeds of bitterness and resentment in our hearts about all the things that we're doing and all the sacrifices that it entails and whatever it is, we can get back on our knees and ask for his mercy and forgiveness. We won't be perfect and it's okay. He's stretching us and growing us in virtue. You know, Especially in these, these early years of motherhood when you know it, it can feel like chaos It's thrown at us all day long. But there's this grace that God wants to pour out in us and and we do need to sit at the feet of Jesus. What trips us up as mothers more than anything else is perfectionism. It's this fear of not being loved as we truly are. As mothers, we, we pour ourselves out into everything that we're doing and it's like, okay, are all the fires put out? My job is to make sure everyone else's life goes well, everyone else is happy. You know, we basically are trying to erase the messiness of motherhood in order to feel like we're enough. But the thing is, like, we're full of, of brokenness. We're full of this, the knots of sinfulness, of these temptations, of imperfect parts of our soul. We want to hide all of that behind our service because our service tends to be where we shine, right? I just want to do everything right. I want to check out all the boxes. I want to get through my to-do list and everything that needs to happen. It keeps us from this deeper encounter with Christ that really needs to happen. And that's why Jesus had corrected Martha. Martha, 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 slow down. You are so worried about so many things. The one thing is necessary. Yes, you can do both. You can serve me. You can also be at my feet and allow me to serve you and pour into you. You can do both, but you must not forget the one thing that is absolutely necessary, which is to let me love you as you are. And then you can love me back as imperfectly as you are. Come to Him in your brokenness and in your inadequacy and all of it. We're doing all of this for Jesus. So, he can help us let go of what everyone else thinks, the attachment of our word to how perfect it all is. He wants us to let go of, okay, I need it to all be this one way. Jesus Christ wants to meet you in that exact gap between what you feel like it should look like and feel like versus what it actually does. In that very place, we really want to demonstrate that we don't need him, that we can do it all on our own, that we can do it all perfectly in our own strength our own ability, our own organization, our own whatever it is. That is where he wants to love us the most. He wants to remind us that real success, all of it, should be oriented towards heaven, holiness. Real success is holiness. And holiness means a relationship with God and absolute dependence on him. To know that, yes, we need a savior, that we can't do this all by ourselves. And so that pursuit of perfection as mothers, it allows us to hide behind all these other things that are supposedly going to fill us up instead of God. But we can recognize, no, I need you, Lord. You are everything to me. And in that poverty of our heart and the poverty of our life and all the things we can't do, the messiness, that is where he wants us to be grounded in him. So let him purify your service so it's not operating in the flesh. It's not operating out of a a sort of distorted sense of, okay, if I do all these things, it makes me enough. And placing our worth and our identity and all of those things in our service. But no, allow it to be in the Spirit. Be refined and purified in Him. And that gets into number eight. Bring Him your poverty and weakness, all of your desires, your hopes, your dreams, your messiness, your brokenness. Let Him fill you. He is the light in the darkness and and we don't have to be ashamed of all of those things because he just wants to heal them. He's not afraid of it. He knows everything that's in our hearts. But we oftentimes like close in because that's the stain of original sin, right? That's what Adam and Eve did. They became ashamed. And God was like, Why are you hiding from me? You know? How where are we running from God? Where are we hiding from him? Jesus literally told me last week, like, you don't have to hide or run from me. There's nothing to fear. You know, And he's telling you the same thing. He came to bring us sinners home. He came to answer your prayers. So don't be afraid to, to give it all to him. Ask him for whatever you need. He wants to fill the deepest longings of your heart. He asks, what do you seek? So give it all to him. Even your not so pretty, not so purified yet desires, he's going to refine them. He's going to purify them. We oftentimes are afraid to ask for or hope for anything from God because we're afraid He's not going to come through. We feel like, okay, I gotta, I gotta take it all on my, myself. I gotta, you know, I'm not really sure if I can trust You, Lord. So I gotta figure it all out on my own. I gotta do it all by myself. And we reject the need for a Savior. But allow yourself to have this poverty of heart and recognize, no, Lord, I do need You, and I'm willing to let You in. I cannot get this all this done on my own. The stress is too much. God can touch and reach into everything. So from the midst of your own poverty, you can cry out. The season is so busy that it does oftentimes give us a sense of unmet expectations and desires. Right? We can we can fall into this feeling of disappointment of despair. But I think it's this beautiful gift that God wants to give us of recognizing. Okay, maybe those things that I, I might have been placing a lot of hope in or not the right thing to place hope in. I was looking to be filled, but in all the wrong ways. And so let me just be little here, poor here, and to allow you to come into that, into that littleness, into the brokenness. If you're feeling this emptiness on Christmas or after Christmas, like it didn't quite feel like Christmas, everything that you is supposed to be Christmas is there, but that is a sign that we're not really allowing the Lord to be at the center of everything. He is just waiting for you. He really is waiting for you. He's so gentle and so patient. And we're all chasing that feeling, that desire to be filled, to be full of joy, of peace, of all the things, and I found in Christ. Our traditions are beautiful. Our Christmas traditions, all the events of the season, they're amazing. But there's this weight to them of, like, if it doesn't line up all perfectly, it's really sad. It's disappointing. It's heavy. That, again gives us a glimpse that all right we need the Lord we can't make Christmas because he is the one that does it's not us we have to be willing to be vulnerable in that his power his grace is made perfect in our weakness if we keep trying to do it our own way it's gonna be a disappointing Christmas because we literally do not have what it takes Jesus does so we can relinquish that control, we can surrender, we can unclench our fists from that grasp that we have on whatever it is that we want it to look like, we want it to be, all the ways that we want it, we want it to be filled by all of these things. We can pay attention instead to his promptings and to allow ourselves to be filled by him. He can come into our emptiness. Number nine is to nurture the most important relationships that we have. And cultivate connection in the small ways. And so all these things that we end up trying to squeeze in, prep for, to go attend, this pressure to make everything really memorable, magical, meaningful for everyone, the connection that we really want, thats the presence with the people that we love, we have to create space for. And oftentimes, especially with our spouse or our husbands, probably get the brunt of our stress, right? And so, you know, really focus if we can on in little ways even – Nurturing our marriage. Don't take your spouse for granted. Reduce those distractions from being present, whether it's it's you know putting our phones away when we're with our families to prioritize that quality time. Going on a date or two if you can can be a really beautiful thing. I know I'm excited to do that. Do that with Tim because we're stationed apart for like half a year here. So it'll be good, just good to be able to be together. Taking our to-do list and doing things together to make it fun so we're not, you know, getting resentful of like so much is on us by ourselves. So not neglecting those people who are most important in our life because we're trying to please everybody else, you know. And oftentimes this is a time, because it is stressful in different ways, whether it's, you know, time with extended family and pressure to be kind of pulled in different directions there, um, money stress and different spending philosophies and disagreements there or compromises we have to make. It's just like the busyness of the schedules, the space we might not feel like we have to really communicate how we're actually feeling, um, you know, not necessarily realizing but we have mismatched expectations sometimes because everyone else has a different idea about how the day or day should really go we have different desires or experiences in the past that are kind of guiding our understanding of what Christmas should look like or expectations about how what each other should do or how we should show up and what we should take on you know it's kind of these unspoken rules that oftentimes we can have about how everyone else should contribute and that can result in even disappointment and the relationship can suffer as, as backlash of that And so some things we can do here with that, whether it's your, I think particularly our husbands, but also, you know, if our kids are old enough or for extended family members, friends, whoever it is, just communicating our our expectations or needs or thoughts or desires or like what we hope the day is going to look like um, can be really, really helpful. And so doing this proactively versus when we're like reacting in the moment in those, the higher pressure times, That can be really great because we're able to make peace with the plan so don't be afraid to communicate how you envision things going over the next few days for Christmas over the New Year's holiday so if some things to think about are like the pace of the day what time you're gonna leave and spend at events what your plans and hopes are it gives space to have that dialogue to adjust to compromise to stay on the same team because when we look at the spiritual battle of all this the devil wants to destroy marriage devil wants to destroy motherhood there's a sacredness to them because new life comes through them and it's one of the most, family life in marriage, one of the most beautiful witnesses to God's love in the world. Don't let the bitterness and resentment fester. Do not allow yourself to be isolated in that. Make sure when you feel like things are a burden, that you really examine your heart and turn to God. So if you're feeling like, okay, it's all on me, why do I have to be the one who, why am I the only one who, like all these things. it's We're going to feel like we're victim to all of the things that are going on around us. We're going to get upset when other people are not meeting our expectations. So take it all to the Lord. Remember, make sure he's filling you first. We are imperfect. We're not going to be filled completely by our spouse, our children, our extended family, our friends, because they're not perfect either. They can't be Christ to us. So don't put that burden on them and turn to the Lord instead because he will fill all of your desires if you allow him to, if you're open to it. And when we're aware prayerfully of these areas that we're grasping for control that aren't ours to control, we can be much more at peace. So remember, true love perfects the lover. The love that God gives us perfects our ability to love the people around us. And the last thing, number 10, is let your family be good news to the world. Let your family be on a mission to bear Christ and witness God's love to other people. And when we receive the gift first, when we are filled... With Christ first, and we keep Christ at the center of our lives, we can freely give that gift of His love to others. And so think about, you know, what might need to be restored and redeemed in our own families so that our family can be good news to the world. And I think, you know, personally within our own family life and our own homes, we can see the face of Jesus in our children in a beautiful way. I love reflecting on how, as mothers, we do, in our Catholic faith, we have this concept of the works of mercy we have corporal and spiritual works of mercy and so the corporal works of mercy are like feed the hungry give drink to the thirsty clothe the naked shelter the homeless like all those things and spiritual they're more related to sharing our faith essentially with other people and so if we look at our role as mothers we we are living that out every single day we're living out these works of mercy and so god's grace is so so present in all of that and we're We are basically seeing and serving the Lord through our motherhood in in such a profound way. And so again, that can be a form of prayer if we allow it to be. So to sum it all up, we don't have to be perfect to be loved or to love well. We don't have to do more to be worthy. Set your heart on Christ. Allow him to remind you of your identity and this will help you to do less, to slow down so you can create more room in your heart, in your life, in your Christmas to receive him fully. And then so that way you can give more of his love to the people around you. So do not be in so much of a rush that you miss the richness of this season. When we're so rushed, we're so busy, we're so frantic, we miss the fruit of this season. Notice those places. Get curious about those places where you feel disappointment or not enoughness or stress or anxiety or pressure. Invite God into all of those places because he is the Prince of Peace. He promises to bring peace to all those who love him his grace is so relentless but we have to be willing to receive it as well so do not be afraid do not be afraid to draw closer to him there's nothing to fear but everything to gain in christ so let me pray for you for all of us lord i just pray let our hearts to find refuge in you Help us to see that you are always waiting for us, that you're always knocking on the doors of our hearts. Let us not turn away. Let us not deny you room. Let us shed the distractions so we can really empty ourselves more to receive you fully, to make room for you and all that you want to bring to life within us. Help us to just not be afraid to let you in, in a deeper way over this Christmas and New Year. Come into any of those places that we're experiencing shame or fear, hopelessness, Let us just lift our heads to see your glory, the beauty of your face, the hope and the peace that you promise us. You know that our hearts desire to seek you in all things. Help us to just do that more faithfully. Sustain us for everything that you call us to do. Give us shelter, comfort, courage, conviction, strength, patience, more faithfulness, whatever it is that we need. Just come into our brokenness, into our messiness, heal us, Give us the grace to be whoever you call us to be. In the busyness of our world, let us experience your never-ending love for us. Just steal our hearts. Steal our hearts and bring them back to you so we can root our identity in you. May our lives just bear witness to your love, Jesus. Let our husbands be drawn closer to you as we journey towards heaven together. So that our children may come to know you more fully through our example, through our words, through our teaching. So that this world may come to know you more fully. In your most holy name, amen. All right, my friend, I pray that that served you well, that spoke to your heart. And I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful Christmas. And that by even just taking these little intentional efforts to turn your heart back to Christ and to keep him at the center of your Christmas, that he is a gift to you, and that you may be a gift to the people around you.